You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All right, let's get back to some boring subjects. Understand the risk to our country. Freedom brings people together. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Chris Spangle Show. It is great to be with you. I've been playing with my headphones, so nothing sounds right. Hope you had a great Labor Day. We are back. We are glad to see you, and uh, we are going to... I don't even know where this conversation is going to go. We just don't... We have sort of a topic in a direction. Joe Benjavidez is here, and uh, he, he sent me a note last night that reflected something that we were talking about yesterday that I keep getting in my inbox, and uh, I want uh, our audience to hear it, and then we'll talk about it, see where it goes, so stay tuned. Warning, this show is for adults by semi-adults, so the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh. Welcome to the Chris Spangle Show. Our goal is to help you sound smarter while talking to your friends. If you struggle to understand politics, we explain it from an independent, libertarian point of view. With all of the irreverence it deserves, we toss out the screaming heads, put people before political parties, and give context to the news to make you think. Now, here's our host, Chris Spangle, a 15-year veteran of politics and media. Welcome to the program. It is great to be with you again. Hope you had a nice Labor Day and had a nice, I had a four-day weekend and there on Friday, I sat and did nothing. You you guys know the last time I sat and did nothing and just watched TV and had, I had, I always have responsibilities because I have like six jobs, but I was like, you know what? I'm not doing anything today. It's beautiful. So now Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I still worked, but. Uh, thank you for listening to the Chris Spangle Show. Before we start, we want to thank all the members of Wall Plus, all of our members over at our Patreon.com slash We Are Libertarians. Thank you especially to our $100 a month members, John Pusillo, Casey Feldpoch, Lars Nordskog, uh, Jake Edel, Matthew Durbin, Ryan Hold, Christy Avery, and Jason Doolittle. If you want to become a member of Wall Plus, we have many different items that you can, uh, you can get merch, you can, uh, support the show, you get advertising uh, a commercial free shows you get the entire back catalog like a thousand more episodes uh if you sign up at joinwallplus.com w-a-l joinwallplus.com um i 
I feel like the polarization in this country. Let me introduce my co-host, uh, Reinhold. How are you? Actually, sorry, seniority, Harry. I, I apologize. Public apology to Harry. Uh, Harry Price is here with us. Harry, thank you for being here. <laughs> I take off for one weekend and I just get bumped down. That's wow. You, wow. You, you're on the Johnny Carson schedule. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Mister, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, you rarely take a time off. Even when you take the break, the break on wintertime, which everyone will get used to, is you still kind of work even during those breaks. I'm always upgrading stuff. But this past week, I just didn't feel great. And I just, uh, I mean, I I, I just, yeah, I am the type of person that if I wake up, I have to get my feet moving and I don't stop till like five or six. So then I'll kind of like watch TV or read or, you know. But even then, it's I'm trying to like prep for the show. I'm I'm always listening to something. I finished two books yesterday, preparing for this show, uh, upcoming episodes, and the history show. Like I don't know. There's there when you have I have this, uh, the We Are Libertarians Network with several shows on it that I've got to do the content for this show, the History of Modern Politics and Liberty Explained. I have the podcasting and platforms show and and all that stuff that i'm building there like courses and all that stuff behind the scenes i've got the pat down i've got a pat down recording today later today i've got my day job at the bob and tom show which takes up more than you know that's the bulk of my time and then i've got a, a fiance and a toddler so you know there's always something to do so there's not much time but they're out of town and I and I have a four day week. I had the day off. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give myself permission to do nothing. So yeah, it's been a while, but it, so it was yeah. nice. But you yeah. got to do that. You got to take at least one day off a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I did it last week. I you know I went up to the beach in here in Indiana, the the real beach nice. up in uh, Michigan City, uh, which I found out is the boomer capital of the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Harry, please stop rambling on. In the private chat, he goes, sorry, Reinhold, I didn't know he was going to ramble. You bastard. Uh, Reinhold, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm just uh, trying to make it through to the weekends so that I can uh, get ready for the next week and uh, try to get a little bit of sleeping in once in a while. Good luck. Uh, you know, I have been getting so many DMs from people saying something similar to this. It's something that we've had amongst all of our co-hosts behind the scenes. Um, for months, really, uh, you know, I, I changed the name of the, the Chris Spangle show, uh, from We Are Libertarians earlier this year. It was a nerve wracking move to kind of walk away from an established brand. I was in, in Kroger last Sunday and somebody said, Hey, I love the podcast. I was like, which one? They said, We Are Libertarians. So, you know, it's still, still We Are Libertarians to so many people. Um, and even after several months, it's still kind of gaining its foothold as the Chris Spangle show. But you see there's there's uh, with the multiple shows in the feed, there's different stuff I want to talk about, not just libertarian stuff. And I kind of got to a point earlier this year where I'm just like, I don't want to be in this movement. I don't want to uh, I don't want to be labeled and judged because I own a label. Um, I still am a libertarian. I will always be a libertarian. It's like gravity. It's the only system of government that works. I love the arguments of what shade, what, what, you know, um, how, how deep (laughs) into towards anarchy do you go? But I've just over the last couple of years increasingly become 
the, the difficulties of the polarization. There is there has never been a time in my 15 years in the libertarian movement uh, where there has been this level of polarization. I know it's in the Republican Party too, and somewhat in the Democratic Party, um, where you are you are sort of like people come to the conversation with you on social media with their preconceived notions of what a libertarian is the the pat down and my day job and um a lot of these other opportunities that i have have brought an entire new audience by the thousands to to uh to this show to other places and one of the roadblocks is people's view of what a libertarian is um to to most people uh they're viewed as sort of and just the alt-right uh and then to a sliver of republicans they're you're just sort of like uh and this was always the struggle up until trump like you're just leftists you are just liberals who want to smoke weed all day and sex workers everywhere and you know it's like that was always the the notion that you had to fight, but in the last five or six years, we've had to fight the notion that we're all alt right, that we're all like anti immigrant. Where, um, you know, you saw that with the mm-hmm. Afghanistan stuff. You see all these libertarians talking about how we don't want Afghans here, and I'm like, even Rand Paul was saying it essentially that they need to stay in their own country. And you're like, what? This is not orthodox libertarianism, um, and it's coming from some of the highest reaches of of established libertarianism and it's and it's become sort of a a problem. So the polarization I think within the movement has made it difficult to the point that I'm just ready to call myself an independent so I can persuade people that libertarian ideas are the right way to go. This is a common um conversation that we have behind the scenes like how do you message to people outside of our movement, outside of our world to see libertarian ideas as not some sort of sneaky conservative or progressive program um because of the baggage that just keeps getting piled onto the label um lucy's right welcome to the immigrants from the countries our military destroyed like we have a moral obligation for those five thousand afghans that are settled at at 35 minutes south of me so and uh you know joe do you remember do you remember the boat people and the fun parts uh, trying to get them into the country? And right. People wanting to turn them back. It's like, well, we destroyed their country and pulled out just like just like we did in Afghanistan. Well, like two people years ago when the Kurds, we pulled the rug out from under the Kurds like it was unheard of. How many countries have we Trump destroyed? Was, right. Uh, but I don't, I don't want to get into all that because Joe wrote me a note last night that just like he doesn't know it, but – Three hours before he wrote this note, we were having a conversation with one of our former researchers and co-hosts. Said, "Hey, still love you guys. I haven't been around because I hate libertarians." Um, <laughs> and I'm like, "Fair enough." Uh, so Joe is a longtime listener, uh, and Joe, are you there? And yes, you can curse. Just try to keep it sparing. Uh, we try to keep this work safe. Um, but what what was the gist like? Tell tell the audience what you wrote to me and how you're feeling about taking on the label of libertarian. Yeah, so I feel like uh, when I was first a libertarian, nobody knew what it was. When was so that? I did this, uh, oh, let me see, junior, sorry, yeah, junior year of high school. So um, I was running around as a teenager before I could vote. 
trying to explain to everybody why they shouldn't vote for Obama. Like 2008, and, 2009? Uh, Obama's first run, yeah. Okay, so eight. The, Yeah, eight. Um, and nobody really knew what a libertarian was, so it was really easy in California, mind you. So nobody really knew what it was, so I was doing a lot of explaining and, and educating and things along those lines, and it put me in a really good footing because nobody came with their preconceived notions. Whereas like now, especially online, a lot of people know what libertarians are. And I think part of it is because we got a lot of attention in the subsequent, you know, election years and things along those lines. Um, but it's not been great attention with like the rising of like the alt-right and conspiracy, uh, conspiracism within the party. Um, you know, the Island of one thinking is just something I mentioned in, in what I wrote to you, which is what, um, which is like extremely isolationist thinking where uh, community in general is eschewed for uh, individuals. And so if like, so somebody's like, personally, this doesn't affect me. So therefore I don't care that it affects somebody else. It's kind of like sociopathic kind of thinking as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Um, and whereas I think like libertarianism, you kind of need to have that empathy for your neighbor. You kind of need to have, um, you need to have that compassion for, for another human being. And I think that that's part of what makes libertarianism beautiful is the idea that we are spontaneously working together um, to, you know, make the world a better place, not because it specifically helps us individually. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Tom asked a question. I'll let Reinhold answer this and then Harry and I can, Go back at Reinhold. Uh, Tom asks, what does the alt-right have to do with libertarians? So the problem with libertarianism currently is that there are a lot of people who like to claim that they're libertarians because they think that it means you can be whoever you want to be and no one else can tell you what to do and everybody can shut up and um, mm -hmm. you can be as disgenuous or hate people and do all this other stuff. There's this idea that you can be you can be an alt-right person and be a uh, libertarian. It's a it's a common thing we have to fight against. That mm -hmm. and, and and back in somehow. the day, like let me say, like the the when libertarianism, when Joe and Reinhold and Harry and I all became libertarians, like it was structurally, it was functionally all about the government's relationship with the individual, yep, and mm -hmm. fighting government encroachment. You know, it, it was the idea of. I remember vaccine debates because the challenge that we have now is like that was like the most bitter argument that you'd have at libertarian meetups. You, you, you like the government cannot mandate vaccines, period. Everybody would agree with that, but then they would argue whether or not you should get the vaccine for various reasons. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is sort of the like the idea that vaccine mandates argued by some of these Cato scholars I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, I thought we were all in agreement that the government can't force you to do something with your body that you you don't want to do. But then then there's also the abortion debate. So there's all these threads like, thank you to Texas. If it wasn't bad enough that we had like this bitterly personal vaccine debate and Invermectin and all this bullshit, let's throw an abortion <laughs> debate right into our feeds. Um, but, you know, now the the rise of the culture wars you you almost have to have an opinion on which side of the culture wars you want to take. And, and so, like, you take something like vaccine mandates. Well, property rights demand that a, an employer can mandate what they want or don't want, and you can voluntarily associate or not associate with that company and move on. 
It's just the government that cannot mandate that. But libertarians, a lot of libertarians are so tired of being socially engineered um, that they they conflate the two or they see that as a Trojan horse. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you start to, to work through some of these things, you get a lot of libertarians who it's not even about the government, the government's role in the individual's life anymore. It's really about fighting the left because they're coming to get you. They're coming to, you know, and. The hard part is that in a lot of ways there are some very valid points in their arguments, but there's also uh, – it's like it's like a spectrum, right? It's, it's, yeah, like, it's if, 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 if this is the spectrum <laughs> well, and I'm here, why do you have to take it all the way over there to the Jews are coming to inoculate you to kill off the population? Well, yeah, Obama the, sent the immigrants to vaccinate your kids. Yeah, that's, that's what's happening. So, but, go ahead, Ryan. What the problem is, is that there are people who are that, who want to identify as a libertarian because they think that they have the freedom to do that within the movement, right? That it's like it's like they feel like it's a safe space. So they end up identifying as libertarian and then going out there and giving their spiel, which then labels all the other people who are libertarians who look at them and go, you're nuts, but that's not what people see because they're they're loud about it. They're in your face about it. They're um, just v- very people see it and they and they and that's that's what they see because that's the the outrage. Right. Yeah. Somebody so, like Chris yeah. Cantwell, who was a mm-hmm. longtime libertarian thinker who was on Free Talk Live, like it was very obvious that there was something troubling about the guy. But he and he found a, a home here until finally everybody was like, OK, what? Like he said the the quiet parts out loud, but I, I I wouldn't say that there are large swaths of the libertarian movement that are alt right, but I do think that there are large swaths that are influenced by some of that thinking. Um, you know, Absolutely. the the idea that not just in style and, and tactics, in terms of trolling and let me poke and push, um, let's let's poke at the unanswered questions and end up. You know, like I'm watching a lot of 9-11 stuff for future shows and you just sort of watch all this stuff and you go, how is anybody a truther? Um, <laughs> you know, where <laughs> uh, but the how, how do I how do I put it? So if you were to define alt-right, not libertarians, but like mm-hmm. alt-right thinking, so, Reinhold, it's basically that the left is if you were to take Alex Jones and his worldview, what Alex Jones thinks is that there is a globalist plot, a, a cabal of international bankers who are working to basically create a neo-feudal state of slaves. They want to decrease the population, and the way that they do that is through various chemical means, through vaccines, through things like that, as a way to weaken the population so they become more docile and easier to take over. And... I don't. I don't think that's necessarily alt right. I think the alt, yeah. that those people are alt right because that's where they end up. But alt right really is just the old right. It's social conservatism in an authoritarian manner, where the thinking is very hundred years ago, as it were. Like yeah. there, there are differences between the races, which there aren't. There are differences between the genders. It doesn't. You know, all the stuff that they want to have. They want society to be this way and they're willing to let government engineer that mm-hmm. right 
and they're and they are also they also think that the media is you know the cathedral that they're going to be teaching you know cultural marxism is a phrase that you hear a lot from alt-right people mm-hmm. and all that is, is 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 a repurposing of cultural of a was it cultural bolshevism which uh, yep. is what was used in the 30s and to get people ramped up for world war ii so things like critical race theory that kind of stuff yeah right it, it's it's all designed to get people to see the left as being you know people who are trying to make everybody different than what they should be and it ends up making people on the right not not allow people to be themselves to be individuals to be uh different than they are or Mm -hmm. to see see life different than they are joe go ahead yeah. And so uh, one thing I was going to highlight there is that a lot of like the globalist rhetoric and stuff like that, that Alex Jones pushes is, you know, uh, harkens back to like racist rhetoric and stuff along those lines with regards to Jews. So like bankers, international bankers, blah, blah. These are all kind of like dog whistly kind of things. I, I can't necessarily ascribe and say that like um, Alex Jones is necessarily making those, but I think that it is, it is a dog whistle for those. That's people. always so, yeah, been a function see. of it. Like if you ever talk to a lot of like the, the campaign for liberty guys the ron paul guys who wouldn't join the libertarian party in like 2010 you know and you'd get them talking about the fed and bankers it would always end in some form of anti-semitism i'm not i'm not talking about like a lot of people i'm talking about like the rando like guy who had like 50 million bumper stickers on his car it's just like it was isolated incidents that kind of metastasized it was the most even it was the most evangelical of them Right. The right. louder ones, right. the one who wanted to get their message out. Those are the people who were off that deep end. And so that's how that gets targeted to and, and applied to all libertarians, because if this guy is saying this and these other guys are saying this and you're not shutting them down and telling them they're wrong. Yeah. Then you're you're OK with it. It's like there are people for right now uh, that that I know who have in the last month tried to defend uh, Stefan Molyneux as not being a racist. <laughs> I'm like, he, he's the definition of one. I don't know what's happening here. You know, why are we trying to defend somebody like that? Uh, Lucy writes, our friend Lucy Brenton Dorn, her husband, once got a patriot, quote unquote, at a militia meeting back in 95 to admit that he wouldn't have voted for Jesus for president because Jesus was a Jew. Um Oh wow, Harry! <laughs> I know, I know. Many people listening are feeling very attacked right now, and they're very, uh, very sensitive because they feel that we are being mean to them. But I, I always, I always feel like we need to um, ask you why you feel attacked. But also, we're talking about very specific examples uh, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. to kind of highlight some of these ideas. But where, where are we getting it wrong or right? Would it be like like I think that's the the, the weird thing about what the alt right is because the it's in their naming their naming is also a bit to confuse because they're sitting on the right because the individuality of like people thinking on the right kind of like allows their little like crappy little camp there because like oh they can do what they want as long as you use government force but in all reality to me like they're like some of the, the some of the work like that's what I hate to. to you know, talking to the people that are right because they're really like these hardcore like socialist leftists. They are fine with the government programs as long as they're done to the, the to a lot of the, the white race stuff. It is the that's the that's my issue with them. It's like it's it's their naming. Their naming is meant to confuse people. Yeah, and yeah, and I think a lot of people also like picked up the 
and because like a lot of people don't talk about how their name is awful and stuff like that and it's the right people on the right the best way to put it in terms of the alt-right is like it's not a distrust of authority they want authority for themselves yes and, mm-hmm. and because they want to build a hammer to beat up the left who they see as as culturally winning and able to i i, I feel like there's a lot of panic right now about their their a level of political power and they want to build more and that is not typically a libertarian impulse Absolutely. libertarians are are more skeptical of power uh yeah. they they are you know uh they they they're not looking for power for themselves like a lot of these guys they're looking to return power to the individual yeah, mm-hmm. and then some people end up falling into that label, and they take it on themselves because while they're on the right, they don't view themselves as the establishment right or that, and they don't really like comfortable taking the libertarian label yet. So they try like, well, I'm I'm on the right, but I'm this, and they so when they use that, those people in that movement find they're like, cool, we've got a new one. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. really understand what that term is, you know. So we we'll just go, uh, let's go get him edu- like and like we'll just keep throwing things at him, and eventually they're like, "Yep, full on art, right? They're done." Yeah, yeah. like our establishment. Hold on, let Joe go. Um, our our version of the establishment when we say anti-establishment is the government establishment. When they say anti-establishment, they mean the current liberal government, right? The the Correct, current yes. liberal, yeah, right? Like the cathedral idea of universities and media and. Uh, you know, elastic giraffe on YouTube. Uh, even the cathedral <laughs> rhetoric that paleo libertarians love so much comes from the hard right populist Curtis Yarvin. Um, yeah, so I think we're starting with this because this is by far the overwhelming. And they, they oh, well, look how leftists are infecting libertarianism. And that is true. I didn't know any left libertarians, but like if you look at the um, like the Invermectin debate, I guess if you mm-hmm. want to call it a debate, it seems like immature screeching at each other. Uh, you know, it's literally like libertarians saying, I want you to take it so you can die. <laughs> like what? Uh, and, and so this sort of like, I, I look at it and I go, I want people to be accurate. Like, I didn't know if Joe Rogan was vaccinated when he got sick because Joe Rogan, because no media outlet mentioned that he was vaccinated. They left it out completely. But you know that if he had been unvaccinated, it would have been in every news story. And the, mm-hmm. the entire media establishment just reports that he took the horse dewormer, let alone the fact that Invermectin is a, you know, a Nobel winning, Nobel Prize winning drug that doctors prescribe. I doubt that Joe Rogan was moseying on down to the TLC to grab some Invermectin. He, he has a level of health care that you and I can't afford. Uh, and he took all these different drugs. But the the. The way that I read that media, that that story was basically just social signaling of here. Here's why you guys shouldn't trust this person, which makes me distrust the media even more, Uh, you know, and I so that's where I see the points. And I go, okay, but I also don't think you should be moseying on down to TLC and TSC TSC, or or, uh, rural mart or what's it called? Tractor supply. Oh. Yeah, tractor squirrel king, <laughs> and, and grabbing some horse dewormer and just taking it like that's why there's that's bad. It, it's not good for you, and and yeah. you're gonna trust the horse supply company more than you're gonna trust Pfizer. I like where where's the level of uh, Harry the skepticism because the 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 conservative uh, has always been a skeptic. 
Yeah. What is the prevailing wisdom? What is the conventional conversation? Let's apply an alternate history to it, an alternate set of facts to carve out an opposition to Hollywood. Like this has been going on since before like the conservative movement really gets its roots in the anti-World War II movement. So mm -hmm. um, so it goes back that far. So where, where's the level of skepticism that we ought to to apply? Right. And, and, and I think also the media also like lost an opportunity with Joe Rogan because he does get up. He's like almost like the fountain of bro science. So like they could have just like took this guy, did blood work, like hey, this guy takes everything, talks about all this other stuff. Like look what this guy's doing and look at what he's got it. You know, like his, right. his workout regimen helped him. They, they, they don't like that he has power and right. they don't like that he talks to the wrong people and they yeah. want to do anything they can to get you to stop listening to him. Yeah. And also tractor supply companies, uh, Labor Day sale is bad. If you uh, <laughs> live here, what do you do to get that right there and get all your good Labor Day deals into? Uh, but, you know, it. you're right. The the idea that, you know, you get all these people on the right that that how can you put it like they get influenced by Hollywood and media and that have this massive disruption. It's, it's been always the, the biggest thing to be. It's, you know, granted, I'm one of the younger people on the network. So, like, it's has always been that way. I don't know. Like, you know, like I saw Ryan shake it. So maybe it wasn't, you know, if I'm wrong. No, no he's I'm sorry. I was looking at the comments. Oh, <laughs> He was shaking. He was shaking his head at. Uh, we need a petition to get Spangle on the Rogan show. Yeah, I mean to, to to make my point, I guess is the if you are openly rooting for people who are unvaccinated to die, you have lost the ability to persuade the unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. You you yep. when when you are mocking people or. Owning an air of superiority, you have lost the ability to convert the people to your side that you'd like. And so when you talk to somebody who is just overly, I, I don't know, like COVID is real and the vaccine has obviously worked and I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Um, sorry, Lucy. Uh, I know the comments are coming, but the the reality is like, I, I, I don't, so I don't want, I don't know how to say this, like the pro, the super pro vaccine person who's triple masking, like on their fourth booster shot, like that person just wants to, they're, they're not as educated as like, uh, family members that are anti-vax people. When I sit down and talk to them, like they're very convincing where, what their information says when I double check it, it's usually not right, but at least they've like thought it through as opposed to I'm just going to scream in your face until you submit. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think people on the left understand how damaging they are to their own objectives. And that all that does is that pushes a person who likes Joe Rogan when they see those headlines to just say, I'm not listening to you anymore. You're, you want me to die. You're secretly cheering for me to die. You haven't given me persuasive evidence nearly as much as this coworker has. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think that people really understand how damaging, Harry, their their own rhetoric is on Facebook. Correct. Yeah. And the way they package things and the way they package it all together because right. someone's going to share the. And what those people just heard me say is, oh, Spangle's an anti-vaxxer <laughs> because you can't have a fucking nuanced conversation anymore with these people.
Right, because they'll, they'll sit there and they'll, like someone will share an article. Like it was like you know, I was sitting there um, last week. You know, I did read some news, and there's someone like, "Look, the cases of COVID are up to over a hundred thousand um, in the country worldwide. Let's focus on Florida." And I'm like, "All right, first off, Florida is almost we're really close to Florida being a year without you know most of their COVID like restrictions." Okay, so why is it spiking now? Is it because the other states are blocked down and everyone's going on their vacation, bringing crap there? Can we have that conversation? No, Delta nope. Variant. It's all about how they're awful because they don't have mass mandates. They're not locking down right the census is the the enemy of the people right correct it's you know and can we also talk about like fine that if that spike there then look new york and california had some of the most strictness lockdowns and you know they had a spike there you know it's it's just not putting anything like into context with any of it it's it's narrative yes speaking from california go ahead um, yeah how's california for you joe (laughs) um we're we're actually um in my neck of the woods, it's not so bad. But mind you, we do have like two very populous cities that are getting hit a lot harder. Um, and stuff. Luckily, I don't live in those two populous cities. But um, what's it called? Uh, the one thing I see that is different is the Delta variant. When it kind of came around, and the people who got used to kind of being like, "Well, I'm going to hang out with my friend group. I'm going to, you know, uh, you know, keep things kind of, you know, relaxed. You know, smaller, you know, gatherings. You know, um, even for big families and stuff." Um, there was still this like, well, we're not going to do the lockdowns because after the lockdowns, but we are going to do like some kind of managing in our own personal lives, making the decisions that make the most sense. And then the Delta variant came along and it's a lot more infectious. And that is very noticeable because even mm-hmm. people who, yeah. like I said, are in my neck of the woods, we haven't gotten that many restrictions placed back on us in my se- in my county. But we are seeing more infections. There are more people that are suspiciously away from work for HIPAA related reasons. And like um, they it's it's just a lot more common. And and I I don't think that there's been any actual behavior that's changed since, you know, a few months ago, even. So when you talk about the the Florida spiking and stuff like that, even though they haven't had restrictions for a year. I would say the Delta variant is something that's way different to contend with when it comes to infection. No, rates. I think, and I think a lot of people who are sort of on that side, they're like, I took the fucking vaccine. You told me it was going to go back to normal. Now mm-hmm. it's not that effective. I've got to get booster shots all the time. I don't, I don't know what to believe anymore, you know? And, and the truth is we may not be able to manage this nearly as, and I think that frustration that, that like, they're looking for someone to blame for that misery, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that that blaming is is not working out well. Um, all right, it's okay. So, Pfizer's got daily pills that are coming out soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So here, here's you know, I went to podcast movement, uh, and, and the reality is like your mandates are not going to work. We've said from the beginning of the pandemic that all you do is when you when you use the government as a tool. You create resistance, you create mm-hmm. resentment, you end up back, it backfires. Remember prohibition, this is no different. The, what, what will get someone to take a vaccine, uh, I'm working on this anti-vax show to kind of like, all right, why are you skeptical? Not anti-vax or pro-vax, but like the people caught in the middle. And it's been two weeks since I sent a call out. 75% of those people have gotten vaccinated since I started, since I've, between the time they signed up and the time I talked to them, every single one of them, it was because of the Delta variant and an impact in their personal world. Like me going to podcast movement, feeling very uncomfortable, right? And then Phil Valentine dies. I'm like, oh, this Delta variant thing like seems really worrisome. It wasn't that their job was pressuring them. It wasn't that the government put a mandate in of any kind. It was that their personal risk assessment changed 
in the last month because in June, Indiana had zero deaths and six, like 300 cases, like 300 new cases. You know, you jump back to December, we had 6,000, 7,000 a day and 60, 70 deaths. Well, Indiana is mm-hmm. now back to six or 7,000 new cases a day and 20, 10 or 20 deaths, right? So people see the spike. It's, it's people, I think, are much more persuaded by the world around them, the 100 people that surround them than they are the news or, you know, the government or mandates or whatever. So uh, we are going to take a, a short break here. And when we come back, we're going to, like, take all this confusion, like, man, I feel stuck in the middle. I don't even like, I don't even trust libertarians anymore. We're going to take that confusion and see if we can make some sense of it. So stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to The Chris Spangle Show. It is so great to be with you. Um... We got a comment here on YouTube from Elastic Giraffe uh, that Joe wanted to highlight. Um, Joe Benavenides, did I say it right? <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> what what is it? Uh, Benavides. Benavides. I've never said your name right, have I? No, but it's okay. I mean, you're from Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> our tongue, our tongues here just don't do the same things that tongues do in California. Uh, so like socialist anarchist Noam Chomsky will always choose a left authoritarian, authoritarian over a right libertarian. Some Rothbardians seem consistently to prefer illiberal nationalists over left libertarians. It's mm-hmm. really, um, very true. You know, mm-hmm. like that, uh, go ahead and talk about that, Joe. Yeah. Um, so I've always felt as though we do need some sort of, uh, what a lot of people call it when you look at the political, um, compass whatever you call bottom unity of both the anti-authoritarian uh wings of that uh, compass working together to kind of fight authoritarianism overall and i've kind of been shifted a little bit um just because like i said i'm in my comment i'm being you know kind of pushed out of right libertarian spaces in a lot of cases um i've finally found like a or semi-reasonable voices on the left libertarian or yeah left libertarian side and i've been kind of more persuaded by their um community base kind of uh 
let's see, community-based anarchism where they're kind of like working together to do things like things along those lines. That's a lot more appealing to me than this. Like we've talked about, like I said before, the Island of one kind of thinking of like, well, I got mine kind of thinking. Um, And so I've, I'm not going full on socialist, but I still have a lot of like uh, capitalist things that I think that we should you know hold to. I, I mean, but. I'd love to agree, but some of the like the Fakertarians group has just gone off the deep end. Like, I, it's like people get into these online spaces, and it's almost like a a cytokin storm of bad ideas, Reinhold, where <laughs> they they evolve the the thinking virus evolves into places that don't make any sense and they just turn into I'm anti right now. I'm anti right libertarian or I'm anti left libertarian as opposed to I'm a libertarian and here's the vision of the future. Well yeah and like right. I, that's why I said you have to look for like those reasonable voices and stuff along yeah. like like I've looked for the reasonable voices in, in you, you know, you three when it oh, comes you're to fucked. you know right libertarian side <laughs> well i mean if that's the situation that's the situation because like i i go to a lot of other podcasts and i'm immediately disillusioned by their social takes by um some of their economic takes uh and things along those lines where i'm like i don't feel safe here and then i go you know to the left libertarian side and again i have the same issues so i'm kind of like bouncing in the middle but you know like i've said before my core beliefs have not changed i'm still pro markets i'm still you know pro individual freedoms i'm still pro gun i'm still you know all all these things so you know what i mean it's it's kind of it's a tough space to be in because you do want that free that freedom from government and i think that that's where we both agree and so i think it's about bridging that and kind of pulling left libertarians over and saying like hey markets are good and you know voluntary interactions are good um and stuff and i think that we're both kind of having that cytokine storm of of aggression towards the opposite side and i think that there's there's some bridging that can be done there is it possible reinhold um, so it's possible with the right people. The problem is, is we got the wrong people mm-hmm. running around doing things. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I can give you a quick brief history of how we got to there on the, on the right side of things with that. But, um, one thing Joe says was he's talking about the, um, the voluntary organizations, right? The, the communities that kind of build up and, and do things. There was a, um, when I was growing up, they were called hippie communes, right? <laughs> so, um, there was actually a co-op that was formed, uh, I think in the late seventies, early seventies. I don't remember the exact date, um, but it was basically a farm. They decided to do some farming. The people who all lived in the area, all kind of self all owned the farm as a co-op. Right. And um, it ended up becoming like a million dollar business. Right. So it, it's, it could be successful to do that sort of thing. I, my, my internet company that I get my internet from, is a co-op. Uh, everybody who's gets their internet from this company is partial owner of the company. We decide on who the board members are. We get profit sharing back. If there's any profit, it gets comes back to us um, in our checks and stuff. And those types of things can work. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not anti-capitalist. They're not anti-private property. It's just a different way of viewing it. And there's a lot of people on the right who just can't wrap their heads around it because they think that you're trying to soft pedal socialism to us because that's all they're concerned about. They're not pro liberty. They're anti socialism, mm-hmm. anti communism. And they've wandered over into this area because they didn't think that the Republicans were hard enough against it because the Republicans were doing their own little thing, right? That. So they, so they think they want to be harder anti commie by coming yeah. here. I mean, this is. This is the McCarthy era of kind of people 
and their mm-hmm. thinking um, in today. So what happened was, is um, Rothbard was trying for a long time to uh, get the libertarian movement some success and he was failing and he couldn't figure out why. So he decided that it was because there was too many aging hippies in the movement. So he decided to go out, leave the libertarian movement and court the old right as it were. He created what is called paleo-libertarianism, which is really kind of a misnomer. It's not libertarian at all, but it's it's a populism, right? So he even described it as populist libertarianism. And the problem with populism is that the idea is that populists look at what the common man is having an issue with and goes and fixes it. Well, if that fix that, you know, if, if people see a problem and they think that the fix is this other thing and it requires government interaction, then a populist will try to implement that. Mm-hmm. But a libertarian is supposed to be trying to figure out how to keep the government from inter- interfering when it shouldn't be interfering. Um, so it creates a, a kind of a dichotomy uh, between the two things. And it, it, they're at odds at each other all the time. So a lot of, of what you find is a lot of little paleo libertarianism. Um, those people are very much hypocrites in a lot of ways because they will flip-flop on issues. And we saw a whole group of them this last year when we we're talking about we don't want mandates. That's great. So now the now the um, the businesses were putting up requirements for masks. And they were going, no, that's not – that's you know, you can't do that. You can't violate my rights to come into your private property. I, that's not libertarian, right? I mean, that you can't. And so they would they would come up with this this might they would try to qualify it and say, oh, well, they're getting money from the government through some means or another. So therefore, they're government entities. Therefore, they're the government. So the government can't do this. And it's like that's not how it works. That's the same argument. Kind of like weirdly the giving used. up the giving up on private property. <laughs> like, right. It's the same argument the left uses when they say all you know the businesses, you know, in order to mm-hmm. operate, they have to have like the social con- con- uh, contract and and. Uh, we can tell them that they can't do this and they can't, you know, um, it, it's, it's, it, they're just getting over just so that they don't have to wear a mask in a store because it's, it's, it affects them individually. It's all they care mm-hmm. about is what affects them individually. Yeah. But, but to push back on that, when you look at what's happening in Australia, which we'll talk about soon, like, y- y- where's the line? Where does it stop? Like, are you going, you know, how long are we going to be do that? Like you would, you would never have thought that we would get to the point where the government would ever shut down businesses, where the government would, you know, mandate vaccines. You like three years ago, it would have been it would have been unthinkable. Is it really unthinkable to think that Joe Biden and the American government would usher in something like what's happening in Australia, where like a man just got arrested, uh, like they're using facial recognition to trap track anyone who leaves their home because they're all supposed to stay home all the time they're not allowed to leave like it, mm-hmm. it's become a prison like where where does that line stop why shouldn't we be skeptical of that power we should be skeptical that's the point is that mm. we, there's a libertarian should be skeptical of any government power anybody forcing anybody to do anything but we should be defending to our teeth businesses and private owners having uh control over their own private property Right. And Absolutely. remember, there's there's been vaccine mandates before in the United States. And it's not, you know, it usually hits through the school system. 
you know, you can't go to the public schools unless you're vaccinated. You have to show your vaccination records. You know, that's been the thing for a long time. So the the whole idea of supporting the government controlling the populace like this, that's, that's, East, that's East Germany stuff that we, you know, we fought against. We don't want, you know, during the whole Cold War. Um, it's never going to work because you can't, people are interesting, especially Americans. When you try to tell them that they have to do something, that's the one thing that that'll be the mm-hmm. one thing they refuse to do. You know, so you need to reverse psychology sometimes on these people, you know, but um, that's not how people are thinking. And and the worst part of all of this is it all stems from the fact that we have now politicized healthcare. We have politicized the decisions that you should be making about your own body and mm-hmm. how you're going to react to something like this going on. Right. It's it's now yeah. become you are the ultimate good or you're the horrible evil, depending on how you view what's best for your body. And everybody's different. Everybody responds to things. There's immunocompromised uh, people that shouldn't be getting the vaccine or there are people who should be getting the vaccine that aren't. And yeah, that's sort of it, what's well, nuts is that you you are not that I have seen in businesses that I work with. The the vaccine mandates, for instance. All right, go to do what Chick Fil A did locally here at the beginning of the pandemic. They they called up IU Health. They had them come out and help them design a system that would help that their employees safely work with the public. And you know nobody's doing that. Everybody's just going. Well, the CDC says to do this, so we'll just do that. They're being lazy about it. We'll we'll do with mm-hmm. the FDA. They've outsourced their thinking to it. And, well, everybody's got to be vaccinated at this company. Okay, well, what about the people with autoimmune diseases? What about the people with legitimate health issues? And uh, IU, for instance, hold on, Joe, I'll go to you in just a second. Uh, the, what about people with heart issues? What about people with legitimate concerns? Uh, well, IU just makes no exceptions. We, we just, we're going to fire a thousand people. A, a sixth of our workforce because they just didn't get the vaccine. It's it's black and white. Like there no, there's no gray issue because we're just following the CDC. It's it's kind of insane and and super lazy, and mm-hmm. you know the the public opinion around people who are not vaccinated is sort of treating them like they're subhuman. And if you don't think that that like I saw this in in the 9/11 era with anti-war people, they were treated as subhuman. And it didn't matter what caveat they had. It didn't matter what thoughtful argument they had. You just don't agree with the prevailing wisdom. And so, therefore, you're not really a person. Uh, it's a dehumanizing thing that I think is uh, just – but you see it also on the other side. Like if you see these cartoons of vaccinated people, they look like zombies or they're, you know, they're like uh, painted with their mask on with you know mm-hmm. tattoos and pink hair and like – uh, like they they just look like sick all over their body as if you a vaccinated person is just going to break out you know in sores like like lepers right it's the same dehumanizing conversation and nobody is is kind of meeting in the middle and having a rational conversation and and that's what i think just drives me crazy is yeah. there's no room for the middle there's no room for uh and it's not just online anymore Used to say, "Oh well, just log off, just block these people, just live in the real world." It, it, it's the politicization of everything has just made it super toxic, Joe. Yeah, um, 
Uh, absolutely. We we did kind of run past where I was going, but like uh, what I was saying, like with, with California, for example, there are exemptions that you can get that are related to um, what's called uh, medical conditions or religious exemptions, things along those lines. And when it comes to the, the argument that you were saying where people are like considered subhuman if they disagree, um, I've been trying, I've been trying to be better about that <laughs> because I have like, uh, for example, I'm, I'm really like pro-choice when it comes to like abortion, for example, I understand people have religious reasons why they're, you know, they can't take that position. I understand that. And I go, okay, that's, I can't argue with your relationship with God. So I'm not going to, um, but you know, when people it's when the people don't have those, uh, reasons, when they try to reason their way out of like, say, for example, getting the vaccine or, um, things on those lines where I'm like, uh, okay, well, I know what kind of person you are now because you're not considering those other people that are immunocompromised you're not considering those other people that for one reason or another can't get the vaccine you're not considering the fact that you're contributing to um the uh, proliferation of more variants um by allowing yourself to be kind of like a, a breeding ground for the virus um so there's there's just a lot of not thinking of others that has been really highlighted by this and it's made me kind of like lose faith in a lot of the rational actor arguments for backing things like an absolutely free market, you know? And like, those are like core beliefs that I have. Yeah. And I'm like, this is being kind of shaken because our populace isn't um, educated enough to make those decisions. Like those, like I feel like those decisions to that, you know, on whether or not they're going to hurt everybody by making their decision. You right. Know what I mean? So in a democracy, you're ruled by public opinion and public opinion mm-hmm. is easily swayed, Harry. So therefore we need a monarchy. Oh, yeah. I don't necessarily agree. Yeah. Anarcho monarchism <laughs> is, is the way forward. It's not. Yeah. It's incorruptible. Well, it's yeah. It's incorruptible. You know, anytime I hear people say that, I'm like, you just want to be the monarch and yeah. you'll be pissed <laughs> off when you're not. It's, yeah. it's Batman theory. Like we've we got to have Batman crush all the authoritarians. <laughs> Like they said, Loki, there's only one person in, you know, who gets free will, and that's the person in charge. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Everyone else has just so, have to submit. But the other thing with the, go, go ahead, Harry. I was gonna say the other thing with the like the whole argument of like some people are also you have to help them out because they're afraid of also because regardless of what anyone wants to say, there are a little bit of side effects of taking the vaccine. There are. There are. Your there arm are. is sore, and your arm is that- hurt. Some people some people will have like some flu like symptoms and they are leaving paycheck to paycheck. They are completely worried about losing their job. Look at Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton has this disease right that is a progressive uh, bad disease right he takes astrazeneca it completely paralyzes him for almost two weeks he then takes the second dose and it gets even worse and then he says out loud there was horrible side effects with this there are a hundred thousand people with the astrazeneca vaccine that got blood clots right like the bbc (laughs) presenter died of it like saying these things out loud aren't bad Saying these things out loud push like the like the blood clotting issue when they shut it down over the seven people is like you shut this down over seven people. That stuff's good. Like mm-hmm. it, you shouldn't hide the fact when you hide the fact that people like Eric Clapton had issues. Mm-hmm. You, all you do is just make everybody suspicious of like, why are you hiding it? Conspiracy. And, yeah. and then all well, these yeah. people online, Harry, going, I'll never go to another anti-vax Eric Clapton concert again. I'm like. He, he took the vaccine like Rogan took the vaccine like they're not anti-vax like why are you overdoing it 
Right. Yeah. You're just over. Yeah. It, and those, and these are genuine fear because like the, also the, the shaky of some people's like economic situations are out there in the world. You know, they can't afford to be down. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people I know that are like their laborers are working. Their entire family has a vaccine, but that one person who does still have a job that has to go in person that their, their job's not requiring to take the vaccine and they can't get the day off. They're ke- having to keep working because if they go down, they have all these other people that they take with them. That and was that, the number one. That scares that, them more. That is the number one reason that these folks that I'm kind of surveying are skeptical. I can't take the time off. If I get, if I have side effects, I I cannot afford a week off. I can't afford like, that is the thing that is keeping people back, but you never get to that. If you don't actually talk to these people and figure out why they're being hesitant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, The Amazon started to like, just give people like, Hey, take the vaccine. You get some time off. And if you Mm -hmm. end up having any action, it's paid time off. Just take the time off. And it was, and it has helped their numbers out greatly. Go ahead, Joe. So, sorry. Yeah. So um, one thing that I think that it, like a big, um, like a kind of a mantra for me, because, you know, I, I come to libertarianism from objectivism and they have a lot of this mantra of if the government taketh away, then it should give back. Like and like so when it comes to um, like people losing their jobs, things on those lines, I'm one of the li- few libertarians that was like, hey, you told me I can't have a social life. Give me my effing stimulus. You know what I mean? Like you, you told me I can't go to my grandma's funeral. You told me that I can't do this. You told me that I can't do that. Give me something back. You know what I mean? So like uh, one of the things that California did, which is like one of the few policies I actually appreciated was that they gave um, mandate, uh, mandated paid time off um, for COVID related reasons. If the person that is leaving is doing so like can prove that they're like, for example, the sole provider of somebody who is sick or if they are themselves sick. Um, and if they can do that, then they get up to like, I think it's like 36 hours or something. Like it's like an insane, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of hours off. Um, and like just to beat this thing and then come back to work. And so I think that I, you know, I don't know if that should be necessarily a national thing or, or whatever. Right, but, but where, where does that, where does that end? Like the flu? Like where, you <laughs> well, know, I mean, do they, I, they do, do, are you going to force a, realize how bad it is? Are yeah. you going to in, interject the government? regulations into a, an employer and employees relationship for the flu for a cold for like right well, so it's these challenging questions of where does that mm-hmm. actually end where are we going to stop at that where yeah wh- and that's where i think that a lot of skeptical people on the right have absolutely a point are we going to end it australia because i'm determined to make sure we don't and if <laughs> it makes and, and i think a lot of these people make the right calculation of i don't care if you don't like me i don't care if i look like a freak to you like I'm not going to let us end up in a prison, <laughs> and uh, if if looking stupid is what it takes, that's fine. So you know, I think uh, Reinhold, no, start off with the end here. We got to wrap up, but like I, I don't, I don't have an answer for anybody. Like you're just going to be stuck in the middle. I know a lot of you are stuck in the middle. I wanted to do this show so you all understand that you're not alone, more than anything. But uh, there's no right or wrong way at it. Like. Do your best, do your research, do your homework, talk to people, especially people you disagree with, and see if you can find some middle ground. Uh, No, I was just going to jump in and say, first of all, when you say we don't want to turn the country into a prison when we have the highest incarceration rate in the world, (laughs) kind of already are a little bit. Okay, (laughs) liberal. I'm a commie. No, the problem is, is that too many people want to politicize for for personal gain and they like to propagandize to people. They like to push people's emotional buttons because emotional buttons are what get people to move. So when we talk about 
kind of society working for itself as a libertarian, um, which basically the last year or so of libertarians talking about how this stuff should go has proved to me that maybe libertarianism isn't valid uh, uh, with human nature at this point, uh, mm-hmm. just because they just failed completely at everything that they said that they were for. Um, but I'm hoping that we can turn that around and get people educated. But um, people are trying to use emotional tactics and scare tactics and fear and hate and all these other very strong emotions in order to get people to do what they want them to do. Um, and the only way to fight back against that is to stop yourself if you feel yourself being manipulated, if you feel yourself being emotionally programmed in some way um when we talk about where do we get news from you've got to find news in multiple places you can't just go to a single source for anything you've never been able to do that but people just kind of got lazy with it right so um i usually find out and i can go into what i do to do this so maybe some you know we can all kind of do that a little bit to explain this but like I have certain apps on my phone that tells me news alerts. So I get news alerts from, you know, different organizations like the New York Times or Washington Post or, you know, some of these that are left leaning maybe, but they're still going to be more, you know, base in what they're talking about. But you can't just go by that. You have to go, okay, now, what does somebody maybe on the right, what would they say about this issue? Go look and see what somebody on the right has said about it compare notes, look at the data. What are they saying? Uh, if they use a lot of weasel words inside the article, you can't trust that article. You've got to look and see what's, what's valuable in that article that you can take out of it and what you know is not going to be proper. Right. So, um, there was a, a great, uh, place I used to go called, um, uh, real, real politics. Isn't that what? Yeah. Real clear politics, real clear politics. politics. That was it. And you would go to their page in their op-eds and the politics side, and they would have basically an article from somebody on the left, an article from somebody on the right on the same topic, one on the left, one on the right, one on the left. And you could just see the going and back and forth of the arguments on any topic like that. And that's how you can, from those two, go back and forth and say, okay, this guy makes a good point. This guy's got better data. I looked the data up. This is valid. You know, come to a conclusion that way as opposed to just – you know, turning on CNN and whatever they happen to be talking about today, because CNN used to be a nice place to go to get news. But the problem is, is they turned it into uh, political talk shows. Yeah, it's and worse. That's all they it's do is it's they worse talk, than MSNBC. Yeah, uh, yeah I would I would also offer up Mimo Random. Cool. Uh, Mimo Random is not a human. It's an AI called thing. M E M E O Random. Uh, and it basically like pulls from Google searches the top news, it presents all these different sides. Like if you're just going to go to one site, go to that and it'll give yeah. you you just read the headlines and you're good. You see it from all perspectives, um, but you have to do your homework. And I think like the, th- the thing that changed people's minds on the vaccine stuff that I talked to, the skeptics who were stuck in the middle, it's like they just talked to their doctor. They they had somebody who treats them regularly, mm-hmm. that they had a trusted person that they went to, um, that they just asked these questions. And I, I would say, you know, expand your network. Talk to people, Joe. Like have have people – I've got lots of – I've got white nationalist friends who are exp- – I've got people on the exact opposite side, BLM friends. Like I talk to all these different people that kind of helps me give a balanced view of – 
I know I'm not going to agree with all these different people on different things, but here's here's where they're coming from, and I think it helps me produce this show better. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, so um, I, I've been kind of doing the same thing. I feel like uh, opinions are no good if they are not honed by like smashing them against the wall and seeing what sticks. I, I feel like we need to uh, go out there and challenge ourselves all the time, listening to people we don't agree with, and you know, form our beliefs that way, which is how I came to libertarianism. But um, what's it called? So I, I, I also listen to white nationalists. Uh, I listen to, uh, uh, people from, um, what's called, uh, the, the social libertarian side, the you know, tankies and things along those lines as well. Um, so yeah, I, I, one of the news sources that I go to, uh, is ground.news and they do a decent job of kind of aggregating, uh, one story in like a really like a UI friendly way. Um, uh, and, they do a good job of like giving you a spectrum of like, well, these guys are ones on the left. These guys are ones on the right. These ones are the neutral ones. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, that's where I've been going to get my news aggregation from. So you were going to add one more thing at, at, yeah. at here. go ahead. Oh, okay. Just go ahead and say, it. okay. Um, so um, one, one other thing that's kind of made you distrustful libertarians, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, the libertarian response to the George Floyd protests, as far as I'm concerned, have been pretty disappointing. I feel like Racist that we kind of better word. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I was, was going to be charitable. Um, <laughs> has been racist, uh, but I've been seeing a lot of like the left libertarians taking the lead on it, and and that kind of made me sad because I'm like, we should also be taking the lead on this. Like, there's a lot of here that's got a fire in my stomach because I've been hearing Chris Fangle um, on the We Are Libertarians podcast network talk about uh, all, all these like, you know, uh, police, you know, injustice and uh, what's called um, QI and like all these things that, you know, have been issues forever. And finally, they're being dredged up and being brought to the limelight. And I'm like, Justin Amash has been screaming about this in Congress. <laughs> like, why can't we like, you know, why aren't right libertarians taking the lead on this here? And instead, whenever you make like a pro, you know, jo- George Floyd thing on Twitter or something or, or, you know, protest thing on Twitter, everybody wants to call you a commie. Everybody wants to say that you're a socialist. Everybody wants to, you know, make arguments against the Civil Rights Act, like, you know, things along those lines. And I'm like, OK, yeah, it was the I weirdest thing. Like when when we pulled out of Afghanistan and Joe Biden's a couple of his speeches were really good. And uh-huh. Joe Biden finally ends the war. We leave Afghanistan. He gives the speech on the 31st. That was like Ron Paul wrote it. And I'm like, no qualifiers. I'm glad we left Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to give him credit because you know how long have we said joe well they'll never let us leave because they're in charge and the the, mm-hmm. the pressure that a president would like joe biden went under underwent a lot of pressure to not leave afghanistan but he made the courageous decision to ignore those people uh and if you follow libertarian you know conspiracy thinking like He's done. He's out. He's going to get killed. Like they're going to murder him for for declining uh, to, for leaving a, a, a profitable business that is the war, right? Um, yeah. And the amount of libertarians who were like, "I give him no credit. He messed this up. This was horrible. Bad decision." I'm like, "What? <laughs> you know, like give Joe Biden credit. I give Donald Trump a lot of credit on things like tax cuts and there were, you know, like the, the, the deals between Israel and other places, like there are good things that Donald Trump did. Uh, and Joe Biden will do some good things and it's okay to say that. But if you say it out loud, man, you're going to get murdered, Joe. 
Yeah, yeah. And like that's kind of been my my issue uh, with that's kind of where the disillusionment started. I was like, oh, of course, libertarians are going to be out there, you know, protecting these protests with guns, as we've seen has been effective in the past. Like, I mean, look at, you know, uh, Black Panther Party was protecting themselves with guns when they were protesting. Like, these are, the, you know, we should be the, at the head of this civil rights um, movement, you know, and to see that when the cops actually show up, the libertarians turn and run. And to see, like, and this is something I've been told from people that were on the front lines, um, and to see that, like, the arguments that are made online where nobody is backing, or not nobody, but, you know, where a lot of people are not backing um, the uh, this this movement uh, from the libertarian standpoint, it made, it made me really sad. It, it really it really bothered me because I was like, oh, so we don't care about social issues. Oh, that's the alt right coming in and saying, well, I like their economic takes. I like that it protects me from government, but I don't like that it's not protecting others from government. Um, and that's, that's kind of where my, my issue started. And then, you know, the COVID thing has also been an issue for me. Yeah. It's a lot of people who are not, have not been libertarians for very long saying mm-hmm. that they know what libertarianism is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Baby libertarians is what I call them. Go ahead. Absolutely. Go ahead, Harry, finish us off. No, oh, um, the one thing I also do for my news sources, like I also do Reuters, but the main thing I like to do is find like whatever article I read or wherever I get the news source from and get the, I like to take the pieces out of the, like the arguments. And then I like to put them into your web browser of choice. If you want to do DuckDuckGo, you can. And then just do a time search on it. So basically take your search history and tell it to go like, no, no, what were people saying about this 10 years ago? Five years, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. So you take a lot, you can take a lot of the political spin off it because you can pull off art articles that people were same discussing the same type of thing 10, 20 years ago and find out how those things lined up. And you get a better idea what the heck was going on that's how i like to view my news it's i know it's a it can be a hassle but it is you will it's how like when some people like how do you remember some of the things just because i try to pull it from the memory hole you know (laughs) that's how they were debating it back in 2000 like yeah no i'm telling you man watching watching all these 9-11 like go to frontline they have 17 of their 9-11 iraq war era documentaries on a post there I've, i've been binging on all of them Watching all the documentaries about 9-11, all the movies, everything that, you know, in addition to reading books and stuff and like listening to bin Laden, the amount of lies that we were told about Iraq and Mm -hmm. Afghanistan and the amount of errors and the ways that they let bin Laden go and like you unmemory hole all that stuff and you see so clearly how how horrible the Bush administration was, how like. I don't know. Like un unmemory holding things is a really good way to put it because your memory does not hold up in the same way th- that you think it does. Right. So it's a good yeah, point. Exactly. I, I actually have been trying to find like the video that I watched to, to, that helped me also like with the towers dropping because they kind of designed like they were showing like how the towers eventually turned into like a furnace at that point. Yeah. You got fire here, air and a metal shaft going through it. This is how they this is how it heats up. And I can't find it anymore. Pumping air into it, yeah. It was the it was the uh, Purdue or the NIST thing, wasn't it? Wasn't it NIST or Purdue that did that? I, honestly, I do not remember. I'm trying to been trying to find it. It could be. Thank, exactly. Thanks. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can find it for you. Okay. I, I have a unique situation in that because I was writing politic articles at the time. Political so I've got, articles, you mean? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and um, so you can see what I was thinking and saying back. In 2004, 2005, 2006, when all this was going on, and 
it's interesting to see how, you know, my thinking changed over the time based off the information I was looking at and getting to. So, um, yeah, it's going to yeah. be interesting. To talk so, so it, like, if you look at like the relation, everybody, well, they hate us for our freedom. <laughs> and and in, in like Osama eventually mocked Bush for that. Um, you know the Taliban had to be taken out because they were clearly in cahoots, and that is sort of true. But when you actually look into it, the Taliban tried to ship him back to Saudi Arabia to stand trial. Uh, Omar, the head of the Taliban, hated Bin Laden, forbade him from giving television interviews because he didn't want the Americans coming in and invading him uh, and him losing his power. So Osama was reduced to giving speeches at weddings that he videotaped uh, that he would leak out. Um, they, didn't they offer, they, they offer tr- to hand them over to us? They, yes. 700 clerics after 9-11 met wow. at the behest of the Taliban and asked Osama to leave. But because of uh, – and it goes back before – even the foundation of Islam, but it's a core tenet of Islam, is that if you offer someone asylum, you must protect them. So these 700 Taliban clerics said, we'd like you to please leave. But mm-hmm. bin Laden had, had been kicked out of Somalia. He had been his revo- passport revoked by the, the Saudis. He, uh, he was persona non grata across the world. Even the Taliban didn't like him. And they were going to hand him over to the Americans had they negotiated a little bit. But Omar was seen as like he wanted to be seen as the head of the faithful because he wanted to establish a new caliphate. So he wasn't going to give it to them easily. And the Bush administration just had no interest whatsoever. So they invade Afghanistan. They basically take they basically take (laughs) the Taliban and and Al Qaeda specifically from uh, a large force to you know a very small force they destroy all of their training bases they have been laden pinned in tora bora there are 70 military members in tora bora at the battle of tora bora surrounding him and there are 100 journalists so it tells you how uncommitted they were they knew for a fact he was there even though later they all lied condi rice george bush they all lied about uh, saying that oh well, we didn't have good intel they absolutely had rock solid intel tommy frank said so he was someone the the general on the ground asked for 800 troops to to get bin laden donald rumsfeld and tommy frank say no bin laden slips and then lords over al-qaeda for another 10 years would you have you ever heard of that story does, does anybody know that the Taliban wasn't actually a fan that Saudi Arabia and all these countries like Saudi Arabia begged them not to go into Iraq because it was going to destabilize the region and tip power towards Iran and that would create the Arab Spring. The Arab Spring was predicted in 2003 by the Saudis, you know, and so none of this stuff is like the conventional wisdom, right? But when you go, if you had challenged and said these things in 2003, you'd be a demon, like you'd get canceled like the Dixie Chicks. So there's there's just like you have to go back and like look back at the history and understand that the conventional wisdom can be wrong. You should challenge it. You should research it. But you also shouldn't dismiss experts. <laughs> you shouldn't dismiss the conventional wisdom either. Like you have to just think these things through critically. Yeah. Are we going to trust Joe Rogan or like all the virologists at the CDC? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you <laughs> have, when you have doctor, when you have 95% of doctors getting the vaccine, I mean, I, I would push back and say Rogan trusted I mean, them. Like he, 
he's the one who t- he took the vaccine. He's vaccinated. But but I think he I think he recovered from the vaccine the, from the illness very quickly because he had the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Right. So he got it was over. And he works out like eight vaccine. hours a day. And then, yeah, right. But then people are saying, no, it was the uh, mectin, the intermectin. So it's like, well, you can't prove that. That's yeah. anecdotal. Yeah, but you also look at studies, and nobody's doing that. They just want to have their well. This they want this to be the answer because then it's politically advantageous for them. Yeah, they, and, they were right, and their left. And, was wrong. and by the same token, he gets shit on for saying exercise because your personal health matters a lot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's always into exercise. I mean, that's he's right. been his thing forever. So. Yeah, I'm not saying and, never and listen to Joe Rogan. I'm just saying when it comes to virology, <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe some dude with the podcast that made his money off of being funny isn't necessarily the person to go to. But he'll he'll say the exact same thing. Like, don't listen to me about this stuff. I'm an idiot. I, yeah. You know, I, just, I will have a smart person that, come to talk about. I, it. That right. Stop the he's not. He's not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I Nothing don't agree the with the word lemmings. I think that. People, Joe Rogan is has never on his show pretends to be an expert in anything, which is why he he, like the Invermectin thing, I think, is a great example. Right. So how many people like fact checkers on Facebook? Why aren't you fact checking this stuff? You know, when somebody says it's just horse medicine, aren't you fact checking that it's prescribed? I I guarantee, you know, at least two or three people that have been prescribed for years this medicine Mm -hmm. by doctors. Right. Like how many people are actually out there? Is it 30 people taking the horse buying the, the horse medicine? Is it 300? Is it 30 million? Like we don't really know. But it's just this idea that everybody who who listens to Joe Rogan is out there taking Invermectin. Right. What's the size, scope and scale? Right. But we don't know because nobody's going to have that conversation. I, I was told that people that actually need uh, ivermectin are having issues getting it because of like backlogs and pharmacies and things on those lines. And so that also leads me to believe that people who are not able to get it through their doctors are turning to um, <laughs> are turning to, uh, you know, going to the tractor supply. <laughs> well, I, I did. I did. Re- I had read articles where they're saying that the, you know, the talk, talk, the toxic uh, places where, you know, you call for, um, poison control stuff they were getting they were getting a huge deluge in responses for that huge meaning um, what they were we were seeing like if you extrapolated across the country we were seeing tens of thousands if. but it was you know in this one area it was three or four hundred people but it's a three hundred people here three hundred people here you know you start adding that up across the united states so who's doing this though so is it central more people in the south and or is it more people in the west i mean who how is this even happening? Well, why are people doing this in and thinking that it's a good idea to go take that medicine? Because the, at the dose that it is for, for the horses, mm-hmm. it will tear away your intestinal lining. Mm-hmm. It will shed your intestinal lining. And that's how um, they killed a um, Russian KGB. All right, let's let's wrap it up. Did. Let's go to Harry. Uh, enough with uh, <laughs> believe the narrative, Reinhold. <laughs> Trust the narrative, Reinhold strikes again, Harry. <laughs> yeah, he always coming out about that. But just talk, yeah, and you always talk to your doctor. That's my thing. Right. The doctor, yes, and, you, your doctor. and if your doctor prescribes, if no your doctor prescribes, else. I've lived through the fish medicine panic yep. of 2020. If your doctor yep. prescribes you hydrochloroquine and and invermectin, then what problem do any does anybody really have? If Joe yeah. Rogan's doctor prescribed him something, who are you to get in the middle of that? Like that's what I but just no, don't get. Is the doctor patient relationship is the final word? 
And so if the doctor is doing something wrong, then put the doctor in front of some medical board. But sitting here pretending that everybody is doing something because you want to dunk on somebody, just all it does is push people in your feed further from doing the thing that you want them to do. Because you come across as smug and disrespectful and kind of hateful here. But Harry, you got to wrap us up, please. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we need some sort of board and licensee for like doctors. We just can't have these free landing. Oh, crap. We already got that. Crap. Right. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing with it, um, the last thing I'm, I'm, I'm going to end this thing up, wrap this whole thing up. Like if you believe the Trojan horse are, uh, thing and you don't like the idea that, that uh, businesses are going after your medical records to make sure you have a vaccine. Stoners have been saying this for years about them being drug tested, and you have been silent. Okay? <laughs> Where were you then? So the exact same argument <laughs> that you sound just like some of those, like the people. And I, I'm fine with potheads. I'm fine with people who smoke and toke. I don't, but go ahead. Do it. Have fun with it. But it's the exact same thing. Right. So the, 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 the uncle who's mad about this is also mad about wanting, wanting to drug test welfare recipients. Yeah, yeah. You have the exact same arguments. This is the dead-year rabbit hole I talk about when I talk about you go back in time and you can pull these articles out. That's the memory hole crap I talk about. Like, go back in time. Same argument. Same argument. You said this, but now you're on a different side. Now, great. You got to do information. So let's go back and let's talk about that then. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, but I, I don't know that we solved anything here, but uh, at least you don't. At least you don't feel alone being crazy because it's like I don't know I just find that like I'm le- I'm not I've never been an ideological person like in uh, I I don't consider myself a priest of libertarianism I always felt like more of a journalist like what's going on how how does this fit where how should we examine this like in t- these times it's just like talk to people figure out why they believe what they believe and you're gonna find that most people don't fit into the the narrative that each side is pushing they're they're just kind of in the middle with you, but with on different shades of left or right. And, and everybody will kind of work together if you actually have a conversation with each other. Um, but that's just not going to sell newspapers. It's not going to, you know, drive clicks. So, uh, Morgan rig puts it perfectly. I'm not crazy. I'm just tired. Thanks so much for joining us. And yes, libertarianism without adjectives is the goal absolutely all right thanks for joining us here on the program thank you to joe harry and ryan hold for being here we will talk to you again tomorrow